In this episode we talk to Zhu Zhao and hear excerpts of her polyphonic social performance. Based in Singapore, Zulu's various works examine the role of language in the neo-colonial distribution of knowledge today, under the signifying regimes of globalization. This interview and performance was recorded on the 19th of October 2019 at Abbotsford Convent as part of Liquid Architecture's polyphonic social program. I would say that I think my work is very much informed by how I have always lived in like places that I don't necessarily feel immediately familiar with, um, and like migrate, like moving around and migration is has always been like a huge part of my identity. Like even when I was in China, like uh, I was born in a city that didn't really. Like I didn't really belong to because my parents are from like Wayne Central, and then they were born in the, I was born in the South because they had to. They were kind of given a job. It's very unnatural, kind of, and I'm always in a, a situation where, like, language is not. Um, it's it's not neutral and not natural. So like I have learned in my years of growing up and living in different places to pick up like cues. In terms of like accents or like uh, tones, uh, as a way to reach reach people as like as closely as possible, because I feel like uh, most people don't immediately affiliate with me as if a friend or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I moved to Singapore when I was seven, and then late that was around the time I started to pick up English, and. English in Singapore is very complicated because it's the fir- kind, not the first language, but official language uh, that's taught in school and used in workplaces and stuff, but people don't speak it outside of official situations, outside of school, outside of work. People speak a mix of different things or, you know, like jam- jammed up together, but like in work, uh, work emails or in class classroom learning situations, it's taught in a very strict kind of Queen's English type way. And it's very bizarre for me because like, I'm hearing a lot of different modalities of English, for instance, mixed up with um, like different types of Chinese, different kind of Chinese languages, plus Malay and indigenous kind of Malay um, and Tamil, all kinds of stuff. It was very sonically confusing for me for a long time because the cues are different. And then it was very difficult for me to reach people um, so that I think that kind of like put me in a position where like sound became really important and automatically I feel like in my own headspace that's always like a hundred different voices at the same time or like in different sounds and they all occupy or come from different sonic kind of social structure that constantly demands to be heard and sometimes needs, asks to be kind of dismantled because I think that every language has its own kind of hierarchy and structure and ideological, you know, con- you know, conundrum that has to be unpacked over time. I acknowledge regrettable outcomes with regards to the Tiananmen Square student protest in 1989 on at least two levels. <laughs> the giving up of the socialist project altogether and the willing assimilation into capitalism following. 
following America's needs and lead. It is very much regrettable indeed. And this is done in total disregard to student and intellectual protests all across the country. So um, I feel like a lot of my work is comes out of my desire to reach people, to kind of like let them know that I'm here, I'm listening, I'm here to learn, and like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not scary. Like I'm kind of friendly, but it somehow is not. It's not the first instinct that comes to interactions that, given my experience, and then yeah, like I, Singapore became really difficult to live in. Uh, after about 12 years of attempting to kind of assimilate, that failed completely. And um, even though it was like made up of 70, 72% Chinese people, ethnically Chinese people. So I think that also taught me that like ethnicity and language doesn't really coincide in that way. Anyway, while well, I went to the UK and then it was complicated again because I think people use language in a completely different way mm -hmm. as opposed compared to the way I was taught to believe in in Singapore, um, because I feel like language in Singapore is taught as a form of control, more or less, in my opinion. That's how I see it, because speech is regulated in a way that um, kind of makes you believe there's free freedom of speech. Like you can say whatever you want, but like the moment you say something that is a bit off, people kind of hush you down in the indirect way, um, and there's a lot of self-regulation in that way. But I feel like language become something else completely when I went to England, for instance, and people started throwing me like a lot of social cues that I don't get. Like for instance, people kept apologizing to me when I feel like it's actually aggressive. And I'm like, what, like, excuse me, what, excuse, like, so that, yeah, like I was traumatized slightly. <laughs> and then I started to apologize a bunch, like constantly. But then I realized I'm not, then I realized I'm not apologizing right or not for the right reason. And it contradicts with, my family's history of not apologizing because I feel like people in China don't apologize because we were kind of like grew up in that situation of you're not you're taught to kind of not apologize because you're constantly in a revolutionary mode of mind and you're constantly fighting whatever like tons of stuff to fight, fight against. I, I, I apologize for the failure of delivering emancipation to humanity. But that was the original idea. That that was the original idea. Through this apology, I, I hope we move forward from past mistakes and move backwards to re-examine history. Re-examine history with compassion and generosity. I went on to a bunch of different places and I kind of tried different cues and they all like fail. So I feel like it's more about the failure to um, listen when I'm constantly trying to be listening. Mm -hmm. The last work that I made is called On the Threshold of Listening, and I feel like that's a very accurate description of what, what I'm doing and the, the kind of situation that I find myself constantly. The issue is, the thing is, when you're listening, you can't, you shouldn't, you, you can't speak. When, when you're talking, you're not listening. When you're listening, you're not talking. So I think I was caught up in a situation where I had to kind of understand the relationship between speech and listening. I feel like my work also has a lot to do with the moment when you decide to privilege a certain sound, either when you speak, then certain, then a whole load of other sounds come to your kind of sonic background because that's the repressed 
feeling starts coming up. So when I was in the UK, I don't know why, but I keep hearing myself singing in like operatic stuff, like Chinese opera, that I don't really understand actually. Like I, like in China, there's a history of um, kind of reactivating like very old melodies for a bunch of different reasons that was very confusing to me when I was a kid, but it started to come back to me like uh, all these sounds from my childhood like start coming back to me the moment I started to kind of speak a, in a certain way. I, 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 I hope you accepted it. It's the only thing I can do. It's the best I can do. It is, it's, I've, I've, I've tried so hard. You know I've tried. You know, I tried with you yesterday. I tried. I really do. I think in this work that I'm presenting, it, because I, I use a lot of interruption in my in my performance, so I would privilege a certain sound or like a certain type of speech, and then I'll interrupt it with something else, and that kind of rhythm or uh, it's like it's not intentional, but I think it it's it's an accurate sort of demonstration or representation of what's going on in my head and the kind of battles that happens, which sometimes feels like jazz. It starts and ends and it doesn't really have a beginning or, or like a sharp sort of like where you're supposed to go. Then I started to feel like as if language sound, sounded to me more like music. in this performance you will hear a lot of uh, speech but then interrupted by sounds that becomes a song because I feel like because these these elements are also their sounds or their social cues um, or melodies that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, reckoning with like I'm working and trying to understand so for instance I would recall like a Chinese melody like some opera stuff and then I don't recall it properly, so I would go up to, to the net and find tr on YouTube and trying to find like a melody that sounds like what I think I'm hearing. And I would try my very best to learn it, even though I don't understand it completely. I feel like the irony is that when I perform, people are, you know, put in a situation of like completely cornered and they're in a position of listening, which I think is interesting because I'm performing listening and then they're made to watch me listen. This is an outdated tune in Chinese popular music. No one sings it anymore. No one, no, no one sings it anymore. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like it might be an experience that we're all kind of more familiar with these days because a lot of strange stuff is coming up and we don't necessarily feel like we're able to be in a position where we can say for sure like we understand what's happening. So that's my confusion and I would say that my work 
is the attempt to find some, you know, like uh, way to make sense of that. And by opening that space, I'm also inviting the audience to make sense of it with me, which is also why in a lot of my performance, I ask the audience questions. That's the work of an artist, as opposed to observe something and it makes sense of it in a way that's not like absolute. Uh, and yeah, and also I feel like the way that I perform probably is very confusing to a lot of people. So they, they need time to make sense of it too. So it's like a two-way dialogue that's not necessarily kind of um, built on clear set of rules or like social cues and structure. Translation is impossible. It is indeed the piety of the translator to say so at the very beginning. And now, your relationship with me depending on the song. This dilemma becomes more acute. And I think this, the whole process is also a process for myself because it helps me decontextualize my own um, thoughts and my own kind of conclusiveness about certain things whether it's like to do with China or my nostalgia towards my childhood or all that kind of stuff. Um, and it helps me kind of, once you put it out there, people can tell you, oh, you're being nostalgic. And that's kind of, it could be useful. And at the same time, if people feel like what I'm presenting to them gives them like a headspace to work out something else that they want to, then I want my performance to feel like there's enough space for people to kind of t be a part of as well, for them to spend time in. And, and yeah, and yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> um, uh, uh, to, uh, the only aim, my only goal and aspiration, the only aim that I have today is simply to establish a kind of agreeability uh, with you guys. The only goal is to establish some kind of agreement, some kind of consensus between us. That's all. That's all. Okay, I'm focusing on my parents' experience mostly, like a Chinese person who has experienced a very specific set of historical con like conditions and how they're like reckoning with um, kind of moving out and beyond, but also returning. Because well, my parents are communists, right? And then they moved to Singapore, and it's not a, it's and not it's anti-communist. It was very complex, and I think that um, my mom tried really hard to accept the fact that, like, I think my family we all try to accept that. Well, maybe it's you know it's like not a bad thing, like it's a bad thing, blah blah. blah. But I feel like the logic, like neoliberal logic, can persistently fail my expectations. So then I, f I'm, I find myself like returning back to revisiting certain kind of concepts or ideologies that was very quickly put into the bin. <laughs> so this work, I'm apologizing on behalf of like China for its failure of the socialist project, not for the content, but the way it's been delivered and the way that it's been sort of perceived by the world. Um, and it's apologia instead of an apology, which is kind of like a, there's like three levels to it.
apologize on behalf of something that you had decent intention for and that you can only really apologize to someone that you have you out of love like you know but then you also kind of accept the the difficulty of reconciliation and that like you're accepting the like the the failure the failure of like reconciliation as like an immediate effort and like so what do you do with it and this work is about like proposing a lot of images of reconciliation and how they kind of fail to deliver this really important speech, right? It's important, right? People want to hear it. People need to hear it. I, I, that was the only reason I agreed. That was the, that was the only, that was, that was the only reason I agreed. And, and then that obviously didn't happen. It didn't put in a lamp on the end. I don't know. Obviously it didn't happen. So I, I, I'm, I'm right now just stuck here. Just stuck here. I'm just, just stuck here with all you guys. The apology is nonetheless is necessary because acknowledgement needs to, like, um, yeah, like you kind of reconciliation begins with acknowledgement, um, and then it's also about the treachery of representation, obviously, because I kept, I was ex exploring like on whose behalf am I allowed to speak and on whose behalf, like who is speaking on my behalf and how I'm like you know being represented during like in different kind of political situations and. That kind of stuff. Well, I call it a crisis of apology because we don't seem to be using it for the right reasons anymore. We don't do it to kind of to achieve a certain clarification of reasons for why something has been done with good intention. An apology that should have arrived. An apology that didn't arrive. An apology that I deserve. An apology that never be given to. Of course, that's what it is. This is what it is. This is exactly what it is. This is exactly all about me. It's all about me! Good intention and like love is often used to kind of, I mean that's a real motivator for a lot of things, even bad things. So it's very important for us to kind of, kind of investigate what are these intentions and why do good intentions lead to bad things. And I'm doing this apology workshop thing because I, I think I'm trying to create a situation where like my pe like people in my workshop, we can practice doing that to ourselves. Because I feel like social transformation is also about personal transformation. If you can't like do it to yourself, if you are not able to pinpoint the stuff that you would like to apologize for, or you know the the elements that you want to kind of change about your own circumstances, not the external but like internal, the stuff that you did out of good intention but perhaps didn't turn out quite so well, then it's hard to ask of anyone else to, you know, be on board or like be a part of your whole kind of social movement or change or whatever, like it needs to start from within. Men are, men are smack. You heard that one? You know what? You know that song? Men are smack. Men are someone said. Then he is the hero of the day. Takes more than a man to suffer ignorance and smile. Be yourself, no matter what they say. Oh, it's so
This episode was produced by Mara Shret Vega for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Boon Wurrung and Woi Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. To learn more, head to liquidarchitecture.org.au.